0: So uh, today I'm uh, joined by Dustin from Why Not Store It. And uh, yeah, just getting to getting to know Dustin a little bit here. And uh, great to have you on the podcast today. If you could give me a little bit of a backstory, Dustin, on yeah, kind of how you got into self-storage, um, acquiring your units and things like that.
1: Well, eight years ago, um, when I was working in the gym industry, I uh, owned two anytime fitnessers. My dad approached me about uh, a uh, storage facility that was going to be maybe for sale. Um, and it took three years for that back and forth acquisition to come to fruition and happen. A lot of, uh, you know, just uncertainty and negotiating and all that stuff. But it finally right. uh, did go through uh, a little over, actually, it was about five years, yeah, five years ago.
0: Okay. How big was that facility?
1: Um, it's 347 units, 23 of which are allocated for trailer parking um, and camper parking uh 10 by 30s 10 by 20s uh 10 by 15s uh climate control uh units So pretty Here nice have,
0: assortment of units yeah yeah pretty nice assortment
1: i always try to keep like one of everything available you know because right now we are i mean by industry definition full but right um but yeah so, so it was
0: so you had said this was five years ago correct when, when you were when we aqua- purchased it yes when you were acquiring the unit or the facility, were the units already full, or what kind of capacity was the facility at? They were it?
1: a little bit under percent, and then now we're around eighty nine percent, I believe, as of this morning when I was in there. So,
0: right. So that
1: doesn't count the two ten by twenties I rented this morning, though.
0: So, okay, nice. Now, now, do you have you been finding lately that you have any trouble filling empty units or do you do you do any type of marketing for the units to, um, when they're available or anything like that?
1: No, we don't do any marketing. Um, the, the area and community we live in is very like on top of each other. And word of mouth is very effective. Um, my family was in the construction business and still is. My cousin runs a construction company as for 60 years and we were involved with that locally. Um, like I said before, I owned a gym for 10 years locally. So, you know, you're familiar with a lot of people and, and so, uh, very small. And so, uh, word gets around, you know, and, and, and so we really haven't had to do a whole lot of marketing outside of, uh, you know, some Facebook ads, you know, okay. a page and, you know.
0: Well, one thing I didn't think, I don't think that, uh, you had mentioned, where is your facility located at? It's
1: in Wyandotte, Michigan. Michigan, okay. Just south of Detroit, about 10 miles, 15 miles.
0: Right, pretty high, popu- highly populated area, though. Yeah, highly populated, pretty condensed,
1: too. Um, uh, there's been, in the last five years, like, man, they have built at least eight new self-storage facilities within a five- to seven-mile area.
0: Right, it's know. been a, a booming... Uh... Land grab, pretty yeah. much. It seems like for uh, oh yeah, oh new, yeah, new facilities coming up. Yeah, and so well, it's people's as people's uh, you know,
1: people's living spaces are getting smaller, and and they're they have to adapt. And and I feel like I tell people, hey, you don't you want to use your basement or not? Because it's it worth a $100, 130 bucks a month to be able to get the stuff out of your basement and enjoy your house, right. You know, so, so, um, yeah, and I think people are starting to kind of get hit to that. I kind of, I kind of owe a lot of it to Amazon because it's so easy to just accumulate things that, you know, people, you don't want to get rid of them, but you
0: don't really use them either. Right. (laughs) You don't use them and you bought them and you feel
1: like I can't throw it away. And that, that seems to be the, uh, uh, to me, the driving force of the industry is Amazon.
0: Right. So so if you can remember, yeah, when you when you were first starting out with uh either acquiring the facility or just starting to manage the facility, was there any pain points that kind of stuck out to you, like something that came up that you didn't foresee or uh, something that was no. a little more frustrating or anything like that?
1: No, having worked in cement my life and gym and the gym industry, there is very little that could compare to those two, no pain. <laughs> Right. <laughs> none like outside of maybe plowing snow in the winter time, nothing yeah. too no honestly nothing too significant i mean no, we do no. have a really great we do have great customers too
0: yeah that makes a big makes a big difference now do you do any of the, the facility maintenance yourself or do you have people that do that for you
1: i do myself and my dad do it all i cut the grass we plow the snow the weeds etc mulching okay. uh cutting down trees, uh, putting up uh, rat traps if we have to anywhere, uh, keeping those fields really, um, killing the weeds that grow.
0: Yeah, we do everything. Right. Now, is your facility, is it like a 24-hour access uh, gate? No, it's 6 a.m. Like? to 10 p.m. 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then do you just typically have the gate open between those hours or do you use like a, a no, digital uh, keypad
1: or anything? Yeah, keypad. Okay. You always have the keypad in.
0: Right. So do you find that most of your time, it just goes with just um, property maintenance as far as just, just yeah. keeping up with stuff
1: that book work, you know, uh, keeping that in line, my QuickBooks. books. Um, other than that. Yeah. Just, I don't have to deal too much with the customers. Um, uh, but yeah, just the main, especially this time of the year, you know, I had to cut right. the grass this morning. So
0: yeah. You know, no big deal. Do you have any, any plans on uh, trying to expand as far as um, looking to purchase any other facilities or, or I'm assuming you probably don't have room to add more, you know, more units into the current location that you're at with it being a heavily populated Um, area.
1: I've thought about kind of eliminating half of like our, at least half of our camper storage and then putting in like a pod, something Mm -hmm. like that, a climate control type pod even,
0: Okay. I've seen you know
1: there's a bunch of different ones that you can get. I've thought right. about that um thought about expanding in other properties that we own um kind of construction yard uh and uh some land we have elsewhere. but outside of that, I feel like kind of still learning mm-hmm. the uh the business a little bit right you know
0: how, how do you do with the r v storage versus the storage units themselves do you have oh, them- the r RVs- v
1: it's always full.
0: Okay.
1: I mean, it's, man, I bet in five years we've only turned over like seven or eight spots. Oh,
0: wow. You now now price wise though, compared for that amount of space, right? An RV spot on your lots, probably what? 10 by 30 at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um. How, how much do you typically, if you don't mind me asking, how much do you get out of an RV spot versus a unit? Um, the RV
1: spots now are around, we're seventy dollars a month. Okay. Um, we've been at that price point for a while. We've had some competition move down in the street, and they're they're priced at that point too, kind of. Right. So, again, to me, it's almost like I'm at the point where, um, I almost want to tell like twelve of the people just go there and let me put twelve <laughs> ten by twenty, ten by fifteen, uh, you know, pods in there and go from there but uh you know yeah it's always it's always full yeah
0: okay is there is there any different um with a difference with having you know the rv lot versus the storage units as far as like insurance things go uh you, you still just require whoever's leasing the space to provide the insurance like, i leave it up to them Your yeah. your overhead doesn't change based on what's there i'm assuming
1: no okay no not at all
0: yeah, I, I know just just locally, there's a couple places like that that have the RV storage, you know, inside the gate with the other storage. And I was I was just kind of curious about that. You yeah. Know, like what type of overhead comes with that type of space versus, you know, you're going to obviously have a little more cost with building the unit or, you know, buying a, a pod to put there. And then, you know, how, yeah. how quick do you recoup that investment? So yeah I was just curious on on the uh, the overhead of that. But. As far as far as your rates, then do you, do you try to stay competitive with a, what other storage units in the area are charging, or do you go by like if you're full, you do a price increase, or how do you kind of decide when you're going to change your rates? Um, i
1: I keep you know pay attention to like what competitors are doing with their rates, and I try to stay in that ballpark, um, but I don't like to do like kind of these big box corporate places do. Is after I, I, I get people that come in and say every six months they're getting a rate raise, fifty bucks, fifty bucks, fifty bucks. After three years of being somewhere, they're paying upwards of you know two fifty more than what they signed up for for their spot, wow. and they come over and 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 as long as I can be around ninety percent, have something available at that point is when I kind of start to think about of rate race, you know, okay. right. um, I, I get the mentality of doing that, raising it all the time, but I just, uh, I prefer like the place being at this capacity. My customer's happy. It's less of a headache. They look after the place more,
0: right. you know, they,
1: they reciprocate the loyalty yeah. and I sleep better at night, you know, right. so when, when, yeah to me it's you know i you know yeah you could do what the competition does as far as that goes so i kind of look at it, price gouging you know when you right. i don't see how somebody can live. you know be a customer for three years and paying two hundred dollars more than somebody that just signed up
0: right you know? oh and that's always so, a frustrating thing about business i mean that's a lot like your cell phone plan or your you tell you know your yeah. Uh, tv provider and stuff I man. they always do that they gouge you the longer you're with them and it should almost be the other way like you take you take care of your customers you don't uh yeah try to push them away but yeah a lot of people don't understand that so
1: yeah yeah no i yeah and so we try to you know show our loyalty to them and and uh and yeah we'll probably be doing the, we haven't done a hike in a while so we're probably going to start initially uh, uh july 1st start With new customers being at our new rate and at the end of the year, existing customers will probably get a little bump.
0: Right. The the last time that you did that, did you notice any like turnover in customers, like people leaving because of rating? I
1: had one person complain and it really it wasn't that was it. It wasn't even like a big complaint.
0: Yeah.
1: It's like how do you justify ten more dollars? No. I gotta pay taxes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right, for sure. Yeah. You know. So so just with the changes over even, yeah, like the last few years, like you said, uh, you know, seven or eight more uh, facilities have opened up, you know, in close proximity to, to you. Uh, what do you kind of feel like the self-storage industry is going to look like in maybe 10 years?
1: Well, again, I, I, I have no shame saying I'm still learning. And so yeah. I, I almost feel like I think the pods are going to be, very popular but I also think people with living spaces getting smaller like maybe more maybe not raw map but more nationally like being more like a a high-end facility Mm -hmm. where people where there's lights electricity I could you know and people renting 500 square feet 400 square feet just to like maybe just get away you know like kind of be an outlet from their garage I could you know Mm -hmm. something like that a high-end like type facility right like you know i I could see that being a transition a little bit that way but i mean as far as like i think everyone especially small business owners that don't want a storefront have a nice little 10 by 20 garage to keep your stuff in and equipment and have two of them and then pay you know 300 bucks 350 a month for rent i mean that's yeah
0: yeah I did I mean I've I've talked to a, a decent amount of people now that felt like you know the pods are kind of where it's going and that's kind of you know the future of it is, it seems like even you know locally when I lo- you know have looked at some different places they're starting to add a few pods here and there and you know, mm-hmm. um and so it seemed like yeah it was trending that way a little bit but yeah I just you know with as you just as it seems like a really good investment for everybody more and more people get into the storage industry and then more buildings are going to be built and then like you know is there going to be a a chance where it's going to be harder to fill your unit because you have 20 competitors, you know, in a five mile radius versus, you know, so um, I think the landscape will change a little bit personally, you know, where we might have to do a better job marketing to fill units and things like that. Um, But I mean, I definitely think there's still a lot of room for growth uh, within the industry too. Like I don't, I don't think it's anywhere near capping yet as far as for, you know, for a new investor or anything like that.
1: Oh no. Oh no, it's not. It's not there yet. No. Um, I think raw mat, they're kind of there because there really isn't a ton of room. Right. Really put anything else, you know, but, uh, you know, um, like I said, I just think people are starting the smaller living spaces, just promoting people to have to take their stuff out of their living space and move it somewhere else. And, yeah. You know, if you can get a good deal on something like that, like for 110 bucks, you see the value. The value is, you know.
0: Right, um, for sure. I I and I
1: know a famous uh, surfer, Kelly Slater, has a bunch of them. He has a good slogan. He says, make room for awesome.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and I, I,
1: I yes. like that one. I that like is that awesome. One. Yeah, that's
0: yeah. good. Yeah, I saw like uh, New York, I think the whole state wide has put in a bunch of regulations now too, as far as the permit process, uh, just to get permits to build new facilities it's like a two-year process now just to slow down the growth of, you know, people yeah. build, build new facilities and stuff. So I think that'll be a little more common too, to where it's going to start taking in my area. I'm still pretty rural, uh, Pennsylvania, Altoona, Pennsylvania yeah. area. And so there's still a lot of land, you know, available and a lot of space. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't done anything like that yet, but um, I can definitely see that being something, you know, implemented in more States in the near future. But um, question. Yeah. Uh, any like horror stories anything wild that's ever happened uh checking units uh nothing, no, ex- nothing, nothing. too exciting no just yeah nothing at all I okay mean, uh i i mean that's kind of what you want probably as the property owner though yeah <laughs> you, you you almost get you almost sometimes you're like
1: this this is too easy and you kind of get you, you almost are like what am i doing something wrong and like it's two, it's just, you're just not dealing with, you know, a whole bunch of uh, issues like that. I mean, we have maybe, maybe two auctions a year. Okay. Um, you know, our, oh, yeah, that's awesome. Our, our late, you know, people pay. We, after the tenth, they get a $10 late fee. Every day after that, it's $2. Okay. So, you know, we're profitable on them being late. Right. And, you know, so we're very fair about when we get to that, you know, point where we have to potentially go to auction, you know, and, uh,
0: how, how long they, will you let them go, uh, delinquent before you would, before you would schedule the auction? I, What's your state legislation like?
1: Um, try to wait two months.
0: Okay. To
1: get to that point. Um, but I, it's, it's just very it really rarely it gets to that point. A lot of the times when we do the auction, we get an idea that the person is just bounced. You know, okay. it's okay. never, uh, I have not found any hidden treasure <laughs> yeah. in a unit. It's been pots, pans, and fishing pools, you know, and clothes. Right. Nothing, you know. So it's a lot of the times that people are just like, you know, I owe two months worth of payment for some clothes that are aren't worth
0: you know anything right. and in,
1: um i know there's different laws everywhere and the michigan law is very pretty it's pretty vague it just kind of says like it doesn't really give you like a particular date i think okay. it is you know but uh we just wait two months and then send them a letter and then
0: right. they don't even
1: respond to that if we call them no answer and they'll be like all right i'll be up there beforehand so yeah
0: yeah, yeah i mean I can't even... it does vary a lot cuz like well, the two month thing seems pretty I don't know I wouldn't say across the board, but like in our area, so sixty days after they're late, then we can print uh we have to put an article into circulation, you know, announcing. We have that to advertise
1: gonna, it in some yeah. capacity. We have to advertise it in some capacity. I just advertise it on our website. I think actually okay. we do have to put it up on a website. Yeah. And I advertise it there and and then I yeah. put it up on our Facebook page and um, you know, and yeah. then that's it.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's nice but I mean, that's awesome. I mean, that's kind of what you want to hear whenever you're you know, looking to to invest in something is that it's too yeah. easy, right? It's, it's an easy investment to make money. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind you of know. what you want.
1: <laughs> Especially so. when something's already, you know, it had its customer base built in, right. you know, it was already built in and the people who bought it from just kind of wanted to retire. And um, so that made it a lot easier. Uh, I think, I think it is, you know, doing that from you know building it from ground zero, uh, I'm definitely not familiar with, but I could see how that could be pretty challenging. You know, because yeah, that's gonna take some marketing to type. You know, maybe door to door footwork, something going to,
0: to initially get school events yeah.
1: just to let you know you're there. You know, and just fill it up. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, our units are not empty long. You yeah, know, that's for sure.
0: So, so from an investment standpoint, if I was getting ready to get into, you know, self storage, you have any, like any, you know, one piece of advice or something that you'd give me something to look out for or, um, something to keep an eye out for when I was looking to invest.
1: Man, I have good partners. (laughs) That's for sure. I have my, uh, you know, my sister and my dad and my brother. And so, um, my mom's an accountant. So that okay. helps. And my brother-in-law is an accountant. So um, right. that helps a lot too. But yeah, I would say just make sure you have good partners and, you know, have people that just, you just, it's, you know, it's not, um uh, it's, it's not hard work. It's tedious work, you know, not of nowhere you'll be sitting there for two hours doing nothing. Next thing you know, you have a bunch of customers you have to take care of, or, you know, someone moves out, you got to check out the unit. They didn't take everything out or, right there is an abandoned unit you know or yeah. so or a snowstorm you know yeah. those tend <laughs> right. to happen
0: yeah so, and with, within michigan yeah that's uh pretty
1: you know pretty calm yeah down. you we can be there till you know i we could be there till 1 a.m sometimes plowing the snow in the past you know but uh again that's only a few times a year so it's it's pretty tolerable right. but yeah just have good partners you know
0: all right well awesome appreciate your time and uh Yeah, I look forward to speaking with you again. All right, thanks. We'll see ya. Yep, Yep. have a good day. This podcast episode was brought to you by CC Storage. CC Storage is a property management software that helps you pass the fees of credit card processing onto your customers so you don't pay credit card processing fees ever again. If you enjoyed the podcast, there's a link below where you can fill out a form and be interviewed on the podcast with myself. If that interests you, please click the link below and we'll be in touch. We hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. Don't forget to check back next week for another interview with another self-storage property owner.